and welcome to 3Q, where I interview industry professionals for just 15 minutes by asking three powerful questions. I'm your host, Rachel Vogel, and joining me tonight is Nigel Mack, founder and creator of Drink Some Water. Formerly vice president of A&R at Republic Records, Nigel played a crucial role in the discovery and development of major artists like Kid Cudi, Shelly, Angel Hayes, and more. As of late, he's turned his talents toward developing Drinks and Water, a label determined to serve as an artist-first support system in all aspects of their business, including streaming, vinyl, sync licensing, publishing, and more. So Nigel, I cannot wait to hear everything you have to tell us, but before we get started, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. Beautiful day here in New York. Glad to hear it. <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's get started. Imagine for a second you're sitting down with your 25-year-old self, what one piece of advice would you give him on a personal note? And what one piece of advice would you give him from a business perspective? Mm. On a personal note, I would definitely sit down with 25-year-old Nigel and say, focus on time management and, you know, build a stronger personal life. And don't, don't get so engulfed into music, to the business definitely build more of a personal life um business wise i would say hmm maybe move you should have moved to la first before coming to new york to see you get that la experience that's what i would have said hmm you still uh you still regret it you could still la it's still here <laughs> yeah it's still there it's still there i don't regret moving to new york at all but i wish i had like a la living experience too when right. i was young so I'm curious back to your first point of mm -hmm. kind of building a personal life outside of the business life. Is that mm -hmm. something that you've still found is hard to accomplish and balance? Um, I've gotten better at it now over the years, but early on I was just it was 24-7 grind mode. You know, when you move like that, you sacrifice a lot of things, personal relationships and things of that nature. So, but now, yeah, now I've gotten better at it. I, I definitely have a great work-life balance now. Mm -hmm. Are there any tips you would give to people trying to handle that right now? Um, I guess the best advice I could give is really focus on time management. That helps out a lot. Know when to, you know, you don't have to be accessible 24-7 sometimes. Sometimes you got to you gotta learn like, okay, well, these are the hours I'm going to be accessible. These are the hours I'm going to take some me time. Okay, yeah. question two. Every industry has its dirty little secrets, and you and I both know that it's no different in the music industry. Sometimes people think that's a bad thing, but that's not always the case. Sometimes they can be good. So what's one secret you would like to share with our listeners about the industry? <laughs> Let me see. Oh, what is one? It's not really a secret secret, but it's kind of a secret because I notice a lot of people, when they see these artists, they think, Oh wow, I could get what I could get what they have immediately. They don't I think the problem is a lot of the, the best secret is that people don't understand there's a whole team behind these artists. People don't really understand what artists man like the blood, sweat, and tears artist management does to get these artists to where they need to be. I would say that's the biggest for me, like public facing wise, people kind of think, oh, artists put music out, they blow up on their own, and that's pretty much it. The music definitely is the driver, but the other part of the game is artist management. I, I don't think artist managers get their flowers enough. That's very true. With that said, what do you think in artist management is like 
the hardest part to get started. I feel like I've heard of a lot of people that want to be managers and they they're but they're so hesitant to do so because there's so much involved. They don't know where to start. Well, the hardest part is well, there's a couple hard parts. Number one, the biggest hardest part is because the way manager works is you don't get a commission or get paid till the artist gets paid. So you have to have patience and you have to be there for the long haul because it might take two years before you see anything, maybe even longer. Or you might have a windfall early. Something might go viral and, you know, you have a big artist. But I think the biggest thing is you just have to have patience, you know, understand that revenue is going to take a while for revenue to come in. And you just have to be very organized and just really be on point. Because, you know, and also, you know, to be a manager in this climate, you have to kind of have wear multiple hats. You're you're pretty much the label, the PR, the booking agent, all mm-hmm. rolled into one until things start moving. You're also an influencer. Yeah. Whether you want to admit it or not. <laughs> yeah, you are. Last question. Here we go. Throughout your career, I can only imagine you've been asked plenty of questions, whether for an industry conference, the media, or even a promotion. But throughout all those interviews and all those questions, there has to be one that you've never been asked but would have liked to. So what is that question and what would be your answer? Let's see. So I've been asked a lot of questions. Hmm, that's a good one. Yo, you know what's interesting? I've never been asked. Where do I see the future of music going as far as genres and all that stuff? I've never been asked that. Okay. I've never been asked like, why? Well, because, you know, we live in a playlist world i mean to me it's been genreless since you know this may be a grand statement i feel like since mtv mtv kind of like changed the game back in the 80s you know what i mean i know me growing up i didn't really look at things like oh well this is rock or this is this or this is that and i feel like now it's even more prevalent with these kids like if you pull up the average person's playlist like 18 and under it's everything it's not just one genre I personally feel like we're pro- hopefully in the future this moves to a genreless thing. I feel like artists shouldn't get labels and titles. I feel like it should be you just make music and you put it out and it gets monetized. It doesn't have to be a genre because it just it's it separates it separates artists and people. And I think it'd be dope if everyone just made music and it was just released and there was no genre. For sure. I feel like also if if that were to happen, you would see more people, for example, people say, oh, I don't like country. I don't listen to it. But they've yeah. never really given it a chance. But if there was no genre, you right, know, they would probably listen to it. Exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. you're right. People do that. They're like, oh, yeah, I don't listen to folk. Or I don't listen yeah. to this. <laughs> you say that because there's a stigma attached to each drama, each genre. But if there was no genre... It'll exactly. just be like when you and your friends talk about a new artist or a new group or a new song. You'll be like, did you hear that? Da, 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 da. Oh, yeah, that was, you know what I'm saying? You won't even think about it. Exactly. You're on to something. You got to <laughs> you gotta <laughs> trademark that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nigel, it's been great having you on the podcast. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you. And to everyone listening, I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. Stay tuned for next week of 3Q, where I interview industry professionals for just 15 minutes by asking three powerful questions. See you next time.